Tell Hephaestus, tell Poseidon, it's time for Insert Credit Gaiden. Welcome back to Insert Credit Gaiden, a side story to the ongoing Insert Credit narrative. This week, we finish Brandon's questions from the denizens of forums.insertcredit.com and present the final rankings of convenience store non-alcoholic beers and cocktails. Let's-a go! It's about 10 o'clock. I'm chilling out by the fire station for some reason. The crickets are out. You can't really hear them because there's cars and stuff. I'm on a main road. Drinking an Asahi Dry Zero, a non-alcoholic beer, because my body currently has decided that beer is not for me anymore. Uh, That is to say, no alcohol is for me anymore. We'll see how long that lasts, maybe forever. But I figured I'd answer some more of your questions. I got I got some three-color dongo here from the convenience store. Cost 120 yen. It's less than a buck. Can't beat it. Might as well answer this one from Alex Jaffe. What's the best convenience store there? That's a good question. And you would expect me to say something contrarian and fun like Daily Yamazaki or you might expect me to like Lawson because the natural Lawson has all the organic stuff and whatever. But it's just old 7-Eleven for me, which is 7 and I Holdings now because they split from the original 7-Eleven company. Why? Because they have the best butter peanuts. <laughs> they got the natto hand roll. But all of them are good. I just went to a daily Yamazaki myself just now. And it was quite excellent. Next question. While I'm at it, I'll answer this one from Karasu, who says, What do you think of the Japanese craft bar scene? It was not great back in 2018, but there were lots of signs it would get better. So obviously I'm not drinking alcohol right now. I have sniffed a couple of other people's beers to get the sense of it. But my feeling is that the craft beer scene here remains somewhat limited because everybody likes their stuff sweeter and maltier. So it's kind of like when you go to Poland and no matter what they do, they make it weedy. Out here, there's more malt and more sugar than you would expect in most beers. There's still some good ones, but it's not really, uh, it's not really in the culture to have a a super wide range yet. They're, they're kind of, uh, starting where, where they like and then expanding from there. That said, I haven't been to, like, a hardcore craft beer place here ever, so I might be talking out of my butt. I did go to the Yokohama Beer Festival many years ago, and it was pretty decent, so, you know, maybe you just got to look in the right spots. Sosidiatron asks, do you notice a lot fewer game centers? 
there was a point earlier this year where I got the impression from Japanese social media that these places were depleting in a similar fashion to arcades in the West during the late 90s and into the 2000s. A really good, cool and beloved spot closes, then suddenly another, then suddenly another. Well, I think that that has pretty much already happened. The consolidation has occurred, a lot of the cool places have already closed or rebranded. Like I was talking about with Chibi Tech, all the Sega places turned into Gigo and then one of them is operated by something else. There's still one Taito Hay left, TRF is still around, but by and large, game centers are just not much of a thing anymore. In the early mid-2000s, you could walk around and just see them sometimes, but that, that's been over for a while. So sadly, the answer is it's kind of over already. What else we got? Tom the Frog asks, what's the first thing you wanted to do that you can't do anywhere else in the world when you got there and did you do it? This is a funny question because the first thing I wanted to do that I can't do anywhere in the world, it's, it's kind of a cheat because there are some other places I could do it, but uh, I want to get my a post put in my mouth so that I can get a tooth there. And why can't I do it anywhere else in the world? Because it costs like a fifth, no, not a fifth, 5% of the price that it would in the US. But I was not able to do it because the place I used to go doesn't do um, what they call cosmetic surgeries yet. And a place that I looked up was basically like, you need to be here for an entire month. We're not gonna just shove a post into your mouth. Which is fair enough, but I wish they would. But other stuff I wanted to do, I wanted to go record shopping. I did that right away. I wanted to buy some fun convenience store food and I did that. It's the simple pleasures. Another one from Alex Jaffe. He asks, has anyone given you trouble for being a foreigner? Uh, not this trip. Got some people staring at me. That might be because of my haircut. But uh, definitely other times I have, I mean basically every time, <laughs> just not yet here. Certain places I walk into and they make a big X with their hands because they don't want me in there even though there's seats available or whatever. But it's fine. If they don't want me there, it's probably not a place I want to be. So that's kind of how that is. Someone had a follow-up question to that, which was Saddle Blasters, who asked, when has your identity as a foreigner, perhaps surprisingly, meant nothing? And have there been any opportunities that you've gotten solely, or at least in part because you're a foreigner? Yeah, I think that a lot of my access to game developers out here is because of... Of course it's because I used to run a magazine, but also because I'm a foreigner. Like, it lets you skip the queue in terms of hierarchy. I shouldn't be able to talk to the CEO of X company, but because I can just bust in there without too many social con consequences, I'm allowed to and able to do that. 
in the old days, there were some times when I would, when I was less mature, I would pretend that I didn't understand something when I wanted to like walk through an area I wasn't supposed to go through or take pictures of things I wasn't supposed to take pictures of. But I don't do that anymore because I'm 42 years old now. <laughs> and in terms of times when it surprisingly meant nothing that I was a foreigner, I really appreciate when I go to a place and I speak Japanese and then they just speak Japanese back to me. Or I walk into a place and they just speak Japanese to me and when I continue, they don't immediately freeze up when they look at my face. I like that. It's nice. It lets you feel more like you're just a person in a space, not a special person, for better or for worse. Do one more. Powderoos asked, are there more foreigners around there these days? I've heard mixed things. Was discussed on the podcast once, I think, but who are the worst to run into? When I was last there, it was North Americans being loud on the train. I do feel like there's more foreigners here. They used to all be located in certain areas, like Roppongi, Shinjuku, Shibuya. But now, walking around Koenji, I see a foreigner like every 15 minutes. That's a big surprise. Even at 10 p.m., just like one dude out walking around like me. And in Akihabara, it feels like it's 90% foreigners because of just how many you see. Uh, that's a different, that's a whole different thing, but it is kind of neat to hear a whole bunch of languages spoken, even if all of them are uh, getting in the way of my video game shopping. <laughs> but it, it makes it feel like a melting pot is possible, except in certain, like, exclusion zones or something like that. And who's the most annoying? I think every, every region has their, their most annoying white person. And here... I don't know. It's the, it might be the Spanish or the French. They're very very loud and present, but it's probably actually the Americans, because we, uh, we can be real obnoxious, and I guess the closer you get to, for example, a military base, the more that's going to be true. In places like Indonesia, Thailand, Vietnam, you get your, your Australians as the most obnoxious. Then across Europe, you get the English being the most obnoxious. Um, I wonder if there's a place where Canadians are the most obnoxious people that you get. There's gotta be somewhere. Canadians aren't perfect. Right? I think that's right. Well, I'm gonna stop it there for now. We'll walk back to my Airbnb, chill out for a bit, do some writing and I'll be back at you in what will feel like no time to you, but will in fact have been a significant length of time for me. So, see you then. Breaking. Time for one more. Well, 
several more, but one more right now, <laughs> of these non-alcoholic beverage reviews. This time, it's the Suntory Lemon Sour. So I haven't been impressed with Suntory so far, but this one is non-alcoholic and zero calories, and it's actually quite good. It's not just Illuminata. I'm impressed with that. It's lemony. Uh, the subtle bitterness almost gives you that alcoholic tinge. I think they must have tonic water in there. Uh, I almost taste like some bergamot with a hint of sugar. Though I guess there's supposed to be no sugar or very little sugar in it. I looked at the back and there's like you know, it's like 0.17 sugar bits or whatever the unit is. I'm pretty sure it's bits. But uh, it doesn't give me that fake sugar grossness that I don't like. Um, this isn't my favorite kind of drink personally, but it's very good at what it does. And so I have to say, I think this is finally our first 4-0 review. Four out of five zeros which is surprising given how bland all the other Suntory stuff has been. All the Suntory non-alcoholic beers were just not really good. I guess this is where all of their R&D went into lemon sour. I'll see you again after I can beverage some more of these beverages. Honk. Breaking. I'm gonna feel this one in the morning because I'm on number eight. I've consumed eight of these beverages so far, and boy am I drunk on non-alcoholic beverage. This one was the Value Plus Zero Feel, which is another zero calorie one. It's actually a supermarket brand, so this is one you won't be able to get back home, uh, even more so than the other ones you probably can't get back home. I will say this tastes the most directly like a specific beer, but beer I don't like. If you ever get the brown ale out of a tap in Poland, that's basically what this tastes like. It's fine, but not for me. It's simultaneously sweet and malty and burned tasting, and I just don't like it. Two zeros out of five. That's all they get. I got 10 minutes left in my hotel. I'm gonna see how many questions I can get through before I leave, and that's gonna be my final one. A uh, little update about the foreigners question. I forgot to mention Chinese people. There are a lot of Chinese people, especially in Kyoto, um, that are foreigners, obviously, and there are a lot of them, and the racism that you see toward them is, is, <laughs> is large. Um, they're not they're not enjoyed here by so I think if you asked a Japanese person who was the most annoying They would say Chinese people which um, I'm just uh, I'm just saying what they say um, I don't think they're more annoying than us. I think we're all annoying in our own special ways uh, Mnemonic asks what's your favorite bird to hang out with in Japan and the answer is the crow Crow rules. Love the crow. Makes a big caw sound. That's the best. MDSO2 says, do you prefer book off or hard off? What are the edge cases for each? I like hard off more a lot of the time because they got a lot of weird stuff and a lot more junk to sift through. But book off tends to be more curated and the book off super bizarre has all kinds of stuff in it and sort of rivals the hard off in that sense. So ultimately, Book Off Super Bizarre is the winner, because that's the one. So there's Book Off, 
which it just has books and CDs and games. Then there's Book Off Plus, which sometimes has clothing, sometimes has some other stuff um, on top of the books and games, etc. Then there's Book Off Super Bizarre, which just has like anything you can think of, camping gear, household goods, all kinds of stuff used. Very good. Let's see. Lottie says in Tokyo there is a wooden plywood museum. I'm 90 99% sure you've never been. I've never been. I don't know anyone who's ever been. Please review the museum. Thanks, Brandon. Uh, unfortunately, I couldn't go there. However, I will mention that if anyone's going to Kamiket, the wooden plywood museum is very close to Tokyo Big Sight. So you could hit Kamiket and the wooden plywood museum on the same train ride, probably. Binary Flux asks, what are some cool places in Japan for someone going for the third time? Once all the essentials are out of the way, what are some lesser-known cool spots? Um, that's a hard question, but generally explore deeper into Nakano, I would say. The 80s J-pop bar is great. There's a bar I mentioned last time called Daikaiju Salon, which has big wearable kaiju suits and the owner puts on her, her, her kaiju suit in between wrestling matches, amateur wrestling matches, and the server has a, has a book where she was a, uh, she was like a giant eyeball person. <laughs> she has an art book of that. It's a pretty cool place. Um, other than that, man, I'll tell you what, all I do when I come here is I go to vegetarian restaurants, I go to game stores, I go to record stores. I don't know anything, anything about this place other than that. It's all I know. Uh, MTV Cribs says, why is Japan so much cooler than America? Uh, it's not. It is in many ways. If, if I were to say that Japan was so much cooler than America, I would say that the reason is it's public transit system. Because you don't need a car here for the most part unless you're staying in uh, a real far-flung suburb. If you're in the city, any big city, you really don't need a car. You can take the train anywhere you want to go, way out into the burbs, as long as you're willing to walk and take a bus after that. And that's very impressive. And in Tokyo, you're not waiting for a train more than like five minutes in the city. And once you get out to the burbs, it's like 20 minutes that you're waiting. And, and it's, it, that's really impressive. And it, it makes, despite being an island, everything feel so much more accessible. Um, it's, it's just, I don't know, it's great. But otherwise, you know, it's not... The, Japan doesn't have as much stuff as we got in America. We got nearly everything. So, um, I don't know, I'm not going to try to say America's cooler than Japan because that sounds weird. But I'm also not prepared to say Japan is that much cooler than America. Sabretooth Alex says, I'm going to Japan for the first time next year and I'm very nervous about it. Nervous about it. For first time travelers, do you have any tips for just existing there day to day? I'm going to take language classes and hopefully get a very small level of communication going as it always feels weird to go to a non-English native place not knowing any of the language. Um, I would say just maybe get over that part and just speak English to people because 
your limited Japanese will probably not help that much. I mean, it's nice to be polite and say thanks and stuff, but you know, there's、uh, here's one tip when you pay with a credit card for something, they're gonna ask you a confusing question, and I still don't know exactly what all the words mean that they're asking, but they're essentially asking if you want your. Uh, this charge on your credit card to be paid in one payment or in installments. And so、uh, they might say, ikkatsu, which is like one, one unit of payment,、uh, and then you will say yes to that. You want to do it in one payment because whatever else they're asking is very confusing. It's、uh, the only place I've ever been where they ask you this sort of question,、uh, and it took me a long time to figure out. What, well, not that long, but it took me、uh, a few sessions to figure out what they were talking about. So that's one thing. But yeah, I would say just, just speak English and do your best because unless your Japanese is good enough, you're going to wind up confusing people more. And so my advice would be don't worry about it too much because nobody else that comes here as a tourist does. They just go ahead and try to speak English to everybody and anybody and everybody. And in the big cities, it'll probably work okay. Everybody here, by the time they graduate high school, has taken eight years of English.、Um, nobody says they can speak it, but secretly, they can sort of understand what you're talking about if you, if you speak directly and enunciate. They'll, they'll kind of get it. In terms of other tips, Um, most of the train stations have English. Make sure you get a Suica or a Pasmo to be able to、uh, get on the train, get off the train. They're, they're in short supply right now, actually. There's a national shortage of, of IC cards, so you actually can't get a new one right now, but、uh, maybe in a couple months you'll be able to. That's a little bit of a weirdness that's specific to this exact time that we're in right now. Um, but yeah, just,、uh, just go with the flow. Try to, be, try to be cool, try to understand people, and,、uh, and do your best. You know, it's, it's natural to be nervous about it. And I feel extra self conscious when I go to like Germany and everyone's trying to speak German to me, and I'm like, ah, I only speak English. And everybody over there speaks perfect English, basically. But still, like, I, I want to not go outside when I'm in Germany because everybody looks at my face and they're like, now there's a person that speaks the same language as me.、Um, so, at least in Japan, nobody is going to inherently expect you to speak Japanese.、Um, though I prefer when they do、uh, to me because I do. Anyway,、uh, last one here Mark Seni asks Are all cops butayero? Uh, pig bastards are all Japanese cops, butayero.、Uh, and the answer is, of course, yes. Yes, they are. Well, that's been it for my、uh, Japan questions. I have two minutes before I have to check out of my hotel. I hope that was somewhat interesting. Maybe we'll do one again next year. These were all questions gathered from forums.insertcredit.com, where you too can go and talk to everybody about whatever you want. Uh, it's a cool place. You should hang out there if you don't already. One of the last good places on the internet, if you ask me.、Uh, there's no AI in it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I saw today walking around trying to buy some eye medicine. I saw a sign with a little happy child on it. 
and it was advertising an AI art school. That was so depressing. <laughs> AI art school for children. So, you know, maybe Japan isn't cooler than America. That's all I'm trying to say. All right. I'll see you guys later. Have a good one. Breaking. I don't know how much more of this I can stand. It is the ninth non-alcoholic beverage review. This is the Takara Karakuchi Zero Ball. Karakuchi meaning spicy, little spicy. It's supposed to be a spicy highball with a little lemon and some spice. I don't taste the spice at all, but it's not bad. It's really not sweet at all, which is unusual among basically all of these beverages, but especially the non-beer ones. But it kind of, kind of wears on you after a time, and it's hard to drink a whole can. It made me stutter, apparently. <laughs> and uh, honestly, at, at this point, I'm, I've had so many of these <laughs> that I'm starting to just drink like half of one and pour the rest down the drain, um, and that is what has occurred with this one. But because it's different than the rest and because it's not sweet at all, I'm going to give it three zeros out of five. I don't know if I'm just getting lazy and tired, but that's what it is. The last, the next one is hopefully going to be the last one. Oh, I forgot to also tell you, uh, number six was the, or some number, was the Suntory Karada o Omu, which means think of your body. So that's what that meant. Mm, talk to you later. It's time for a break. It is breaking. It is another non-alcoholic beverage review. This time it's Suntory White Wine. Number 10. I know I started out saying there was going to be 8. Now there's 10. Uh, theoretically there could have been 11. Maybe even more. There was a red wine. I didn't want. I didn't want to try it because both of these are sparkling. A sparkling white wine and a sparkling red red wine and a sparkling red wine is just... I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to drink it and I didn't. <laughs> Maybe I'll change my mind later, but for now I'm reviewing the Suntory white wine, wine which is sparkling as I said. Uh, so is it just carbonated grape juice? Let's find out. The answer is basically yes. It has a little fermenty tang from somewhere, which is kind of fun, but it's incredibly sweet, which I straight up don't like. Most cheap wines are super sweet, so it's not inaccurate, at least, but it's not to my taste. I think it's fine, but I would never drink this two zeros out of five. I guess, I guess that's it. So what did we learn? Oh, breaking, uh, breaking. We learned that non-alcoholic beers are better than they used to be, though I didn't expressly say that earlier. It's it's true. They're much better than they used to be. There's a, a little more nuance. They're not all just sweet malt. So that's nice, especially in Japan, at least. Um, the, the lagers are better than they were. There's some good non-alcoholic sours and stuff in the U.S. that are quite robust, but... Anyway, back to this. We learned that somehow the Kirin Greens Free, which I don't specifically remember liking that much, got the highest score among the beers with 3.5 zeros 
out of five. The highest score overall was the Suntory Lemon Sour, which got four zeros. And I'm just glad all these things exist for people to drink instead of alcoholic stuff. And it's also cool that a lot of them have no calories and are just like a weird flavored water-ish, I guess. Somehow they're sucking the calories out of these things. I don't know what they're doing. And it's a little bonus. If you ever see garlic cheese in one of these convenience stores, it's pretty good. It's a, it, you know, it's one of these gross, rubbery, uh, processed cheeses that just gets extruded from a press. But the garlic is like sharp. They went for like a fresh garlic flavor. So it gives you a real tang. And it's quite good with these non-alcoholic beers. So. Uh, the true hero was the garlic cheese. I can't give it zeros out of five because it's not zero anything. It's got all kinds of nonsense in it. But uh, no alcohol though, no alcohol. Anyway, garlic cheese is the winner. Second place goes to Suntory Lemon Sour. Yeah, I hope you enjoyed this completely unnecessary and extremely taxing <laughs> process that I went through to drink so many, so many beverages. I've done it. Now you don't have to, but you can if you want to. So I'll uh, see you later. But wait, there's just one more thing. I realize I could kind of add an addendum to not just the situation about the foreigners, but also about what to do when you're here for the first time. Well, if you can't tell, I'm at the dang airport right now. And I was reminded of this because I was on my way to the airport. It is truly, really important to go with the flow. And I mean that in the physical sense as much as any other. So I was just trying to get on the train and there was a family of four that managed to block every gate, every point of entry to the train because they were like letting their kid type the thing. They were uh, all doing it really slowly and jovially. They were all foreigners. And uh, when you do that here, it blocks everybody. It completely inconveniences everyone and it causes a huge bottleneck. And like, if you think about Tokyo Station where thousands of people are going through every minute, just like thousands of people pouring through that station. If you start swimming upstream, if you start going away from the direction that the crowd is going, if you start checking your phone at the top of the escalator instead of just moving off to the side, you're going to cause huge problems. So, like, uh, here when I got to the airport, there was a bin for putting in plastic bottles. You're supposed to take off the wrapper and take off the cap, and there's a separate place to put the cap. And I saw this lady look at the sign and then proceed to pour some sort of black, sticky liquid into the very tiny hole where the cap was supposed to go, covering all the caps with whatever that black liquid was. 
and uh, looking real confused and then wandering off. That's all she did. She didn't throw her her bottle out. She just poured poured a bunch of goo into the into the caps. So if you don't know what to do, if you're looking at something and you're confused, just take a minute. Get, go off to the side, observe what others are doing, and then you'll figure it out. And that's true for everything here. Like if you don't know how the turnstiles are working. Just move off to the side, watch people do it. Uh, sometimes you need to adjust your fare to get out of the train gate. Just watch what other people are doing instead of, uh, as happened here, just about 50 people in a row tapping their IC card on the gate and going like, what? It's not letting me through? How could this be? And it's because you need to add a bunch more money onto your card is the answer. So, uh, that's it. Go with the flow. Obviously, you can't do it linguistically if you don't speak the language. But you can try to do things in a way that doesn't inconvenience other people that much. And that's my ultimate advice. Live from the airport, I've been Brandon Sheffield. And I'm saying goodbye once again. This time, for the last time, we hope. Insert Credit Guy Dan is a production of Insert Credit and featured Brandon Sheffield as well as Alex Jaffe. Edited by me, Esper Quinn, with original music by Kurt Feldman. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.